Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our campuses join us over in Appleton and in Stevens Point this morning, as well as all the people who join us online. And let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are, what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation <clears throat> was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us here this morning. I want to give a quick shout out to our Green Bay campus. <clears throat> Jacob and Allie Kumpner has announced the arrival of Josiah Rudolph. Give them a hand. Hallelujah. And over in Appleton, Jamie and Lexi Peschel have a little girl, Astrid Celeste. Cool name. I'll give them a hand. Praise God. We like babies. Keep them coming. I always say, outbreed the pagans. <laughs> little, uh, little announcement this morning, a little <clears throat> change in a uh, very minor change. <laughs> but uh, in our services. Uh, as most of you are aware, <clears throat> for an evangelical church, we add a lot of traditional elements to it. Even though our music is very contemporary, even though the pastors are crazy, all this, everything, but we still add very traditional elements that we think are good elements. So we always say the Lord's Prayer together. We just said the Apostles' Creed. Uh, we do communion every Sunday, things that are very more traditional churches tend to do, but we do them because we think they're very good things to do. Uh, some years ago, we added to that uh, at the ending our service with a very traditional hymn that goes up back very long called the doxology, you know, praise God from whom. Now, my goal was, you know, to stick with us long enough so that people would get really familiar with it and our voices would fill the rooms as we break into wonderful harmonies singing this song. This, however, is not what has been happening over these low, these many years. And apparently, <laughs> I haven't gotten what I desired <laughs> in the East Gray, Gray Bay Pack uh, uh, campus. We started having the organ do it. And that helps because it covers a multitude of sins. But <clears throat> uh, the other campuses don't have that. And we just did our big annual uh, gathering over at the Widener Center, all the campuses. It was so much fun. If you guys have not come to this, you really need to come. It is truly an amazing experience and very uplifting. And when you bring the best of the best of all the campuses together in one place, musically speaking, it's rather stunning. I mean, our musicians are second to none. In fact, I travel all, yeah. They're very odd, but they're good. And uh, I travel all over the world, literally, and in some big churches, and there's churches way bigger than us that their music still doesn't come close to what we pull off here. I mean, we're very, very blessed in that regard, especially 
when you get them all together. And uh, I was listening to some of the recordings from it and, uh, and uh, asked, our, asked Tim, these guys, to go and do a remix of it. And let's re- I want to record, uh, release a CD of it, just here in our, our campus family. And uh, just so you can listen. And it's, it's, to be honest with you, just the recording right off of the board, which is the roughest possible mix, sounded like a record. I was blown away. It's truly stunning. So we want to release this, some of the other... Perfectionist musicians want to come and redub some of their parts, but no, it is what it is. We're just going to get it done and uh, sins and all, but there's very few in there. I mean, it's truly amazing until we got to the doxology. <laughs> and it was just horrifying. And even our extremely talented and capable musicians cannot sing this song. So we're not going to do it anymore. Oh, now if you really, really love it, too bad. <laughs> you will heal. The wounds will eventually cover and leave a scar, but you'll be fine. Uh, what we're going to do is uh, uh, go to a spoken benediction, which a lot of churches also, another traditional way of doing things. Uh, so at every service, we're going to have a benediction, you know, that we will give. These come from the scriptures and stuff. Just great ways of ending the service and encouraging people. So that's going to be a small thing. Again, if you love the doxology, too bad. All right. (laughs) We're moving on. (laughs) Apparently we can't sing it. It sucks. It's horrible. (laughs) So uh, here we go. This morning's sermon, I want to talk about prayer. The title of my message is, What Prayer Is Not. Now, this is one of these dangerous sermons that, uh, you know, well, sometimes for some people create more questions than answers, but I'm just assuming intelligent people will be able to fill in the gaps if I don't cover everything. It's a very imperfect science in 25 minutes to say everything about everything. But I think you'll get the basic point of what I'm trying to say. Now, anyone who knows me, if you listen to me very long, knows I truly believe in the power of prayer. My life is marked with dramatic testimonials of prayer. And I am absolutely convinced people need to pray more. And I absolutely believe that the number one reason people don't get answers to the prayer is they just don't pray. They panic, they freak, they cry, but they don't pray. And we want to encourage people to pray and see what God will do to change circumstances in your life. Having said that, there's a lot of things that prayer is not And I want to deal with this a little bit this morning. Number one, prayer is not designed to encourage people to do the wrong thing or act in a bad way. 1 Timothy, the fifth chapter, verse 22 says this, do not be hasty in the laying on of hands and do not share in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. Now, what does that mean? I've always one of these verses that, you know, you've known, I've known for decades and you just, not quite sure. You read the, you know, books on it, and most people say, well, it just means don't. Tell Timothy not to ordain people quickly. But I don't think that makes sense, because what is this not taking part in the sins of others? The more I've grown, grown in my faith, it's really gotten to a point where I think it's pretty clear to me now what this means. And sometimes verses mean many different things, but here's the problem. Oftentimes, people are very quick to pray for people and help them actually walk away convinced that their craziness is right. 
And they actually, in a sense, begin to, as Paul warns, share in the sins of others. Let me give you some examples. Uh, I uh, was on a Christian radio station once being interviewed, and toward the end of the interview, they said, well, now we want to open up our phone lines for prayer, and Reverend Gunger is going to pray for your, for your needs. And I always groan, thinking, oh, here we go, you know. And uh, not that I don't believe in prayer, I just don't believe in crazy. Somebody say amen. amen. And sure enough, the very first call. Yes, can I help you? Yeah, I need you to pray for my husband. He won't let me read the Bible to him. So the guy leading the program said, okay, let's pray right now. And I went, whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> the guy was kind of shocked, you know. We're supposed to just pray, right? We're Christians. I said, well, let me ask you a question. What do you mean he won't let you read the Bible to him? He won't let me read the Bible to him. I said, well, sweetheart, there's two different ways you can read the Bible to someone. One is you can read the scriptures to him, tell him what a wonderful person and valuable he is and how much God loves him. Or you can read to him from the Bible, show him what a loser he is and how, all the mistakes he's making. Which do you do? She goes, the second? <laughs> well, I'm not going to pray for your husband. I'm going to pray for you. Not that I don't believe in prayer, I just don't believe in crazy. I started learning this early on. I remember one time, probably only a Christian for about a year and a half, maybe two years, and this lady was talking, a young girl, probably out 20, and she was all upset. I said, what's wrong? Oh, I'm just so upset. Well, what's wrong? What's wrong? Oh, I'm just, you know, God's just not answering my prayer. He's just not giving me what I want. And of course, being a young Christian, you want to pray for such people. And I'm praying for her. And she goes away. I just, man, I'm just praying for her. Until I found out about it several days later. But what she was mad about is that she was mad because God wouldn't give her somebody else's husband. <laughs> right? That's why he says don't pray for people quickly and help participate in their sins. I've gotten this question many times. Ladies, Pray for my husband. Got a lot of the husband prayers. <laughs> Pray for my husband. Okay, what happened? Well, he won't tithe. He won't tithe. No. All right. Why won't he tithe? He thinks it's crazy. All right, so how long has he been a Christian? Oh, he's not a Christian. Excuse me. You want a man who doesn't even believe in God to give away 10% of his money. Are you crazy? Well, we're supposed to tithe. He's not even saved. Leave him alone. Well, what am I supposed to do? You got a job? Yeah, then tithe off of your money. Good grief. Here's a great way to win somebody to Jesus. It's going to cost you 10% of your paycheck right up front. Yeah. Don't you believe in prayer? I believe in prayer. I just don't believe in crazy. Spoke to a lady. Comes forward for prayer as people are inclined to do. Grab me. You know, so, Would you pray for me? I just, I'm really struggling. Sure. What's the problem? I just feel so guilty. I'm so overwhelmed with guilt. Now, most Christians, because I know most Christians, <laughs> would immediately start praying for that person. Saying, Father, 
I pray that you let them know that there is no condemnation in Jesus Christ. That we are new creations. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The more you know the Bible, the cooler you can pray. And that's the way we pray, all these dramatic prayers, and then send them on their way, and they just leave in their state of crazy. But I ask questions. Those of you who've asked me to pray for you know I always ask questions. It's probably why more people don't ask me to pray for them. <laughs> you feel guilty. Yeah, why do you feel so guilty? Well, you know, I'm just struck. Why? Well, I don't want to say. Well, I'm... I'm sleeping with somebody else's husband. Well, you're supposed to feel bad. In fact, you should feel so bad, you should stop doing this. Good Lord, everybody gather. Lord, we just rebuke this condemnation and freedom over her in Jesus' name. She leaves in a state of crazy. You've actually sealed her insanity and have become a partaker in her sins. Just don't pray for people up now. You should pray, but just don't boom. But see, we like to boom prayers because we're into American Christianity, which is fast food Christianity. You know, quick, I travel all over the country and virtually every church I ever go to, at the end they say, well, if you want some prayers, we, you know, God bless you. And if you need some prayer, come forward to prayer. And I see these people, the elders come forward, people come forward, and they're doing these quick you know, prayers for people. And I'm thinking, I'm just grieved when I watch it. I can't say anything. I'm a guest and they throw me out. But, uh, you're stuck with me. And I know what they're doing. They're just, they're just people come up and say, well, I need such and such. And they just pray for them. You're just, you're just buying into people's crazy. These people come with these problems and you just pray for them and agree. You're agreeing together about something you can't possibly agree with because you don't know. Jesus said we're supposed to agree and we'll read that scripture in just a minute. When you agree, it doesn't mean you're just supposed to repeat what they said. That's not agreeing. So, you know, I want such and such. Okay, well, I'm going to agree together with you. We pray, Father, for such and such. Well, you don't know. That's not agreeing. What are they talking about? See, we can't do that because it slows things down. And we need drive through prayer. We need fast food Christianity. I don't know. Pastor, will you pray for me? Sure, what's the problem? We just don't have enough money. Why don't you have enough money? Do you have a job? Yeah. Is it a good job? Yeah, you make good Yeah, I make such and such a year. And you don't have enough money. No, I'm just really struggling. Of course, most people, they wouldn't even ask those questions. They just write, well, let's pray together, agree together. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray over this person. God's blessings that, you know, God will meet his needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus and all the prayers that we pray. And the people just walk away and think, well, I'm okay. They're not okay. Why, do you, why don't you have enough money? Well, I, you know, I, 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 got a, I got a gambling problem. I'm taking my paycheck and I, and I blow half of it at the casinos. Oh, well, let's pray about that. Let's deal with that. But you don't know that if you just pray for people, right? Well, you don't know anything about these people. <laughs> okay, this one. Pastors, can you pray for me? My family hates me. <laughs> Why do they hate you? <laughs> well, they're just, they're just, they just hate me. I don't want to talk about it. Well, then I don't want to pray for you. <gasps> well, what's going on? Why do they hate you? Well, it turns out Uncle Fred died and left a bunch of money to the family. 
and this person feels they should get all the money. And they're fighting the family. Well, I'm not gonna pray for that. How about we pray you give up all the money and give it to the family? Bet they like you then. Oh, no, pray for my family. They're all, the so-and-so hates me, so-and-so. There's a reason why people hate you sometimes. <laughs> I love this one. Pastor, pray for my wife. She's, she's really unforgiving. Really? What'd you do? <laughs> Men, you know. What'd you do? What do you mean? What'd you do? Well, I, I, and they described some terrible thing. Well, what are you thinking? Well, I said, oh, sorry. Men. Oh, sorry. They'll run over you in the car, back and forth a few times, and get out and go, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> She's going to have some issues because you're a jerk. How about you not be a jerk and just, oh, I'm sorry, and point at her because she's unforgiving. People. Just don't pray when people, you don't know what's going on. You know, maybe, just maybe, prayer is something different than we think it is. Maybe prayer is supposed to be a lot more intimate than we make it out to be. Maybe Facebook prayer isn't really the kind of prayer. Now, Got no problem if you're clear about your prayer request and you're not crazy. I've, we've been sick, my wife's been sick, well, I'll put on Facebook, man, people all over the world praying for. But you know, this, this faceless, nameless, nobody wanted, you know, prayer wasn't designed that you could hide. It wasn't designed so you could hide. I, I love these prayer requests. Pray, pray for someone right now. I know someone who needs some prayer, pray for them. Who is it? Well, I don't, I don't want to say. I just got a, someone who needs a thing. What kind of prayer is that? It's not prayer. Prayer wasn't designed so you could hide in anonymity. <laughs> anyway, you're a Pentecostal, old Pentecostal man like myself. How many times we sat in church and say, how, how many have an unspoken request? Unspoken request. Unspoken request? What the heck is that? What are we to pray for? I won't say. But I'm going to give you an unspoken prayer. <laughs> prayer wasn't designed so you could hide. You know how many people in those services, unspoken requests, their hands go up every day, I got an unspoken request. I'll bet you do. But that's not prayer. Come on. So you don't believe in prayer? I believe in prayer. I just don't believe in crazy. I don't believe in lazy. And I don't believe in lazy crazy. <laughs> hearing the emails come in in my head. <laughs> what a prayer is supposed to be more intimate, more connected, more open and honest. And one of the easiest prayer is just if someone's sick and you pray for because I get that. But you know, even the Bible hints at that there should be a conversation. Look what James says. Is anyone among you sick? We often quote this when we're praying. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call for the elders of the church. Pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. Hallelujah. And everybody stops. Well, he's not done. I'm not done. Put that back up. <laughs> if they have sinned, 
they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. Even in the healing prayer, the Bible's clearly implying there's a conversation going on. What's going on in your life? What's happening? But we like this anonymity, this version of Christianity that nobody knows me, nobody really knows my problem. I just got problems and pray for my problems. What are my problems? I don't want to say. Really? Jesus said, we referenced this earlier, truly I tell you that if two on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. But just repeating what somebody says, that's not agreeing. How can you agree with somebody? You don't even know this person. You don't know what's going on. Now, if you know people and you're connected with people, they can say a real quick, hey, will you pray for such and such? And you can pray for them because you know. You know what's going on. But this hidden, secretive, unspoken, uh, somebody needs somebody, something. You know, some of the prayer that we do, these quickie prayers at the front of church, and if you come for we'll, we'll pray for you. It might take a little longer because I want you to find out what's going on, but... We're here to pray. You should pray for people when we're out there talking to each other. Talk to each other. Find out what's going on. But we, we want to hide, but prayer wasn't designed to hide. But we got that version of prayer. We come to strangers of prayer. We call the TV station or the local Christian radio station for prayer and mumble something that nobody knows what the heck you're talking about. And, you know, even the prayer card, you know, and I, I'm not against these things per se, but I just wonder if all that stuff is just, we're trying to hurry it up. Hurry up. I know a guy who needs a thing. Have you seen some of these prayer cards? You know a guy who needs something. What does that even mean? Well, just pray for it. I ain't praying for it. It makes no sense. Who needs what thing? And why do they need the thing? Find out. But again, we have created. I don't think... Back in the early church, they wrote little prayer cards down. And I don't think people did this. I don't think they hid and they, you know, and just quick, asked for prayer and people praying, they just went on their merry way. I think they were supposed to be open and honest with each other, confessing your faults, the Bible says, to one another. Some of these things require connecting. We're supposed to connect. We're supposed to be a family. Okay? Prayer is not a substitute or not designed to encourage people to do the wrong thing. That's what you're doing. Somebody comes and they're doing the wrong thing, you just pray for them, they just run off thinking their, their thing's okay. All right? When you find out it's not okay, you need to speak into their lives. Which, by the way, number two, prayer is not a substitute for not giving people the advice they need or the advice they seek. When people ask you for advice, you need to give them advice. Telling people just to pray about it is being lazy. And it's not getting you off the hook. And I'm telling you, the reason people do this, they don't want to be responsible. I don't want to be responsible. Everybody don't want to be responsible. I'll tell you, the minute somebody asks you to pray for them, you're already responsible. You think I'm just to pray for it now, you're not responsible. You're still responsible because if they go away and they're crazy and you haven't straightened out that crazy, it's, you're sharing in that. So I just won't pray for people at all. Well, then you're going to be responsible for that. I got news for you. You're responsible. Everybody say, I'm responsible. You don't get out of this deal. Someone come ask you for help, give them advice. Well, I'm not sure what to tell them. Tell them what you would do. If you're not sure what the Bible says, then let's go find out. I'll get back to you. I'm going to call the pastor. Let's ask the pastor. Let's just pray about it. Still makes me crazy. And I believe in prayer. I just don't believe in crazy. There's a guy talked to me lately. 
sweet guy. I don't know, he might even be here today. I don't know. He knows I love him. New guy in the church. Moves to Green Bay to shack up with somebody else's wife. I have a problem with that. The Bible has a problem with that. He was really miserable. That's how I find out. Pray for my misery. I don't just pray for people's misery. Why are you miserable? Find out that's what he's doing. We well, need to stop. I said, you sound like a pretty devout Christian. Yeah. So you left your home church and came here from whatever city. Yeah, I said, did you tell your friends what you were going to be doing when you got here? Yeah. What'd they say? Well, I mean, tears streaming down his face. I mean, he's really struck. He said, they, they told me, just pray about it. Just pray and do what the Lord tells you to do. Seriously, this is your answer? I'm going to move to such and such city so I can check out with somebody else's wife and your response to that, well, just pray about it? Good Lord, you can go to the nearby bar. There's one right over there. How do you know that? <laughs> you could tell a bunch of guys on bar stools. They all think about moving to Texas and sleeping with someone else's wife. Even they'd probably go. That's probably not a good idea. <laughs> you tell people to pray about it? This is the biggest cop-out in Christianity. We don't have much of that here because I yell at you all the time about this stuff. These people on the internet watching me right now are having heart attacks. Because that's all they do. Well, pray about it, pray about it, pray about it, pray about it. Really? I point out a gun at him. You want me to pray about it? Should I pull the trigger? No, I don't think you should pray about that. Good Lord. I don't want to be responsible. The minute, the minute you are talked to, you're responsible. Give them advice. Some of you guys here don't really know much about the Bible, but you know about life. Some of you guys really know business really well. Some of my companies say, man, I'm really struggling in my life. Why? I'm trying to do this business really fairly. Well, speak into the life. Give them some advice. I don't want to be responsible. You're responsible. We're all responsible for each other. We're supposed to be carrying each other's burdens. Connecting with prayer was never designed to be something that you hide in anonymity. Here's another one. Prayer is not a substitute for doing the right thing. James talks about this. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. One of you said, well, go in peace, brother. Praise God. We love you. We're supporting you. We're behind you. We're so far behind you. You can't see us. We're going to pray for you. Keep warm and be well fed. But that's nothing about their physical needs. What good is it? In the same way, by faith, by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, it's dead. You got an extra 20 bucks in your pocket and somebody comes over and says, man, will you pray for me? Why? I just, we had made some mistakes and whatever and, you know, I, I, we can't even get milk for the kids. And you just pray for that person and send them on their way? Shame on you. You give them the 20 bucks you got. Now, if there's a big line coming up to you, you might want to stop that. I mean, <laughs> next, next. And you shouldn't be going to people trying to beg off them, but I'm just saying, I mean, the thing is, is if you know you can help somebody, yeah, help them. Prayer wasn't take, is not designed to take the place of doing the right thing. Prayer is not the, the substitute for not sharing Jesus with somebody. Why don't you share Jesus with your friend here? Well, you know, I, I don't know what to say. I'm just praying for him. He'll come to Jesus. Well, prayer's not an excuse for not doing the right thing. How about you pray that somehow 
the conversation will go on. How will you pray that they'll be interested and ask you questions and make it easy for you to talk to them? Prayer wasn't designed to hide, wasn't designed to avoid doing the right thing, wasn't designed to keep you from telling people what they ought to do. I've literally, I'm not exaggerating, I'm telling you these true stories. The names have been changed to present the innocent, protect the innocent. But I've had people come up to me and say, would you pray for me that, that I can play the piano? Because they'll hear me play, you know. Oh, brother, that's, that was just wonderful. Can you pray for me? They'll grab my hands. Will you pray for me that, that I'll be able to play like you? I said, do you play at all? No. <laughs> do you even have a piano? No, I was thinking about getting one, though. Really? Pray that you can play the piano. You want to play the piano? Take some piano lessons. You want to get good at it? Practice over and over and over and over until you hate it. And then you fall in love with it. Because most of you quit as soon as you get to the hate part. Pray that I play the piano. It's like praying you lose weight, but not wanting to stop the way you eat. Uh, let's move on. Another thing prayer is not. Prayer is not a substitute for refusing to confront evil. I was talking to a pastor. Tell me about the problem they're having in their church. There's this guy who keeps cheating on his wife and has slept with multiple women in his church. You can imagine the disaster this is creating. I said, if you confronted him, you need to kick him out. No, no, we haven't yet. We're praying for him. Really? What's the matter, Mark? Don't you believe in prayer? I believe in prayer. I just don't believe in crazy. And prayer is not a substitute for doing the right thing, including confronting people. You got someone who's doing something bad, you need to confront them. I know a lot of people don't want confrontation. Are you real peace people? Oh, I don't want to get upset. Listen, you need to confront people when they're doing it. It doesn't mean you got to walk, walk up and punch them in the face. Although for some. <laughs> Look what Jesus said. If your brother or sister sins, you just sit and get in your prayer closet and pray for God will change his heart. I'm sorry, that's, that's a new version. Let me see that. Oh, go and point out their fault. <gasps> if they listen to you, you've won them over. If they don't listen to you, take a couple others and go back. Get a posse. And you all get in his face. If he still doesn't listen, tell the whole church. And if he still doesn't listen, treat him like a pagan or a tax collector, which means I kick him out. Oh, no, we can't do that. Oh. Rather than stand up against evil, point out against evil, people actually think prayer is the answer. I believe in prayer. I know this is going to mess with people and say, I don't believe in prayer. I believe in prayer. But I believe we turn prayer into something it was never intended to be. Which brings me to this movie, and I, don't yell at me. Okay, well I didn't get that from, okay, good. But you know, I kind of peel back the layers a little bit. But this movie, The War Room. Oh, that what an amazing movie. I'm sure there were parts of it as encouraging, and, and it's just a movie, I get it. There's not really a Darth Vader either, I don't think. But here's the woman who has a husband who's terrible. 
abusive, cheating, horrible. And the message of the movie is, well, don't confront him, just pray for him. Of course, in the movie, miraculously, everything turns out. Again, it's just a movie, and I'm not against prayer. But you got someone who's acting bad at that, you need to confront them. You got a wife who's acting bad, she needs to be confronted. Not just by the husband, but by everybody else in her family and her church as well. You got some guy who's acting like that, they need some confrontation. You just don't sit and put up with this kind of nonsense. Prayer was not designed for you to hide and avoid getting into an argument. Bad is bad and it needs to be dealt with. You know, we got this problem with, you know, these terrorists blowing up stuff in France and killing all these people. And I know people are praying and you want to pray. And, but it can't be a substitute for confronting evil. This has got to be confronted. We have politicians who are too afraid to deal with it, including the French. They probably feel different today. At some point, you have to deal with it. Nobody wanted to go to war in World War II. But you had to confront evil or we'd all be speaking German. <laughs> I was going to try out some of my German on you, but I decided to let it pass. <laughs> I like German. It always sounds angry. You can tell someone you love them, but in German it sounds like you're mad. Ich liebe dich! God bless all the Germans. I married one. All right, so you got to confront evil. Chuck Colson, I read this to you some years ago. He wrote this article. This lady came to her pastor. He was beating her. His response was like the movie. Oh, just go back and, and just pray and just love him and submit. And a week later, she was dead. He killed her. Colson's writing, highly respected man telling the story and what was really disturbing in his article, he says, and what's worse is we surveyed, I forget how many evangelical pastors, asked them what they would have said, and he says the vast majority of them said they would have given the same advice. Really? You know, prayer always sounds spiritual. I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to help you, but I'm going to pray. Oh, it sounds so spiritual. I'm going to pray for you're crazy, whatever it is, and just God will bless you no matter what. Oh, it sounds so spiritual because you're too lazy to take the time to talk to him and find out what's really going on. I don't want to confront anybody's bad behavior. We don't want to get any upset. We're going to pray. Oh, it sounds so spiritual. Prayer is extraordinarily powerful. But it is not a cop-out. It is not something that is designed for you to avoid doing the right thing, helping people keep doing the right thing, avoiding talking to people, avoid doing the right thing, avoid confronting people, just because you say, well, we'll pray about it, is an abuse and a misuse of what I believe prayer is. Do I believe in prayer? I do. But I believe we have to do the right thing. You can't just pray and Ignore other parts of the scripture because you pray about it. We're called to, you know, Paul talked about there was a problem in the Corinthian church. Some guys living horribly. Paul says, I don't even tell you what it is, it's disgusting. Paul said, Why haven't you kicked this guy out? Do you know why? Because they were all praying for him. 
So you guys need to get a clue. We need to act. We need to do the right things, the things that are compelled by us in Scripture to do. And to just pray to avoid doing the right thing is not prayer. Do we believe in prayer? Absolutely. God will move heaven and earth for you if you get in a place of faith and prayer right, pray right. But prayer was never designed to be something so you could just hide. Nobody knows your business. Just pretend. Unspoken request. Interact with strangers you don't know anything about. Pray for people on Facebook who have no idea why they're in their crazy situation. If you know them, that's different. Prayer was never designed to be those things. Prayer was designed to change things. But you can't just avoid these other things. Having said all of that, let us pray. <laughs> Father, we thank you for your word and for your truth. Well, I know this message was people, and I can only imagine what I'll hear later about some of these things. As if I don't believe in prayer, I do believe in prayer. But I know, Father, that prayer was never designed to avoid doing the right thing. Help us not take something wonderful that you've given us and use it as a smokescreen and to play games and to pretend. Help us to interact with each other, to connect with each other, to do life together. It's uncomfortable, but maybe we're supposed to be uncomfortable. I know so many people, they like the quick and easy version of Christianity, but maybe it's not supposed to be quick and easy. Maybe prayer is supposed to be something much more intimate, much more connected that many of us have failed to allow it to be. Help us, God, to get this right. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Have a wonderful day. And someone gave me <laughs> tickets to the Packer game. Praise God. <laughs> it's in one of the suites. It's God's will. Praise God. Amen. <laughs>